National Geographic presents. What I'm asking you to do is dangerous. You need to take your time to think it through. No, I don't. What do I do? We can't save everyone. But if I don't try, I don't think I'll be able to live with myself. What are we supposed to do? Some stood by. Anything. You have to. She stood up. There has to be a line. Belle Pauli is meet geese. There has to be me for this to work. A Small Light limited series premieres tonight at 9. Stream on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Welcome to To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast featuring mountain home real estate broker Robert Martin, who has over 25 years of experience assisting clients reach their goals and move forward. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation with experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents that explores the ins, outs, and specific nuances of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home in Evergreen, Conifer, Bailey, and surrounding areas to catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Russ Kutke. Russ is with American Surveying in Conifer, and Russ has been there as long as I can remember. So um, a lot of knowledge to impart today, we're hopeful, uh, and I'm sure that'll happen. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Russ, your background, and how did you uh, get into surveying and in and, uh, and the position you're in now? Let's say I actually got into surveying. I started surveying in 1978. I had a cousin uh, who was in the surveying business, and uh, the summer of 78, he asked me to step in uh, or you know, come and help him out a little bit for the summer. Fell in love with it. Um, went back to Minnesota. That's where I'm from for a year of schooling. And then uh, came out uh, for good to Colorado in 1978 or 79. Been out here ever since. Um, got my surveying license here in Colorado in uh, 1988. And then ended up up here in the Conifer area in uh, 1992. So I've been uh, with this company since 1992. Gosh, just a few years before I started in the business and ever since I've been here, you've been a fixture as far as just touching base and getting information and, and great data on surveys and information about the specific area. So we're glad to have you on the show today, Russ. So um this is kind of a silly question. It seems to be pretty self-explanatory, but why is it important to have a survey prepared for a property that's being purchased in the foothills? One thing, Robert, I've seen here in the past couple of years, title companies are starting to require them. So, you know, that, that's the biggest thing, you know, to buy a piece of property up here, you, you need to get a survey, you know, per the title company requirement. Um, back when I bought my first house, it was, you know, the biggest investment I've ever made at that time. And it still has been. And I just kind of wanted to know what, what I was buying, you know, so that to have a survey done, uh, depending on what, what kind, at least you get an idea of, of what you're buying. So I think it's pretty important to, to have a survey. Yeah, I agree. And um, what are the most important factors to consider when surveying a property? What should you be looking for um, when you order a survey or um, uh, those types of things that, that go into that thought process? There's 
quite a bit of things that go into there. You know, um, again, it all kind of starts with the title company. What type of a survey is the title company wanting? Uh, so we take a look at that. And then as the buyer or seller, uh, we get their input. You know, what are they looking for? So we put all that together. We, you know, from the title company, they give us what's called a title commitment. Uh, we go through, take a look at that, uh, see if there's any easements affecting the property. If, you know, the buyer wants to know where a certain easement is, again, depending on what type of survey, you know, at least we could put together a drawing, you know, saying this is where the easement is. And then, you know, once we're out on the ground, we try to walk the property, depending on what type of survey, we'll uh, check for encroachments. That's our biggest thing today. Uh, people want to know if the neighbor's house is on their property or, um, you know, stuff like that. So there's a lot of thought that goes into that first process. Now, the uh, different types of surveys, there are uh, many, or there's certainly uh, um, choices for buyers or sellers to select from. And what would those be? The difference between like an ILC, which stands for Improvement Location Certificate, and a full-blown survey? So the ILC, again, is the Improvement Location Certificate. What that is, is basically, um, we'll start with a legal description. You know, there's different types of legal descriptions. If you're in a subdivision, there's, um, you know, that's what's called platted lots. And we get that information from, you know, the, the plat and we prepare dry enough of that. Another type of uh, legal description is what's called a meets and bounds. And, you know, off of the deed or the title commitment, we'll, you know, legal description from it and prepare the drawing based on that. So either way, with an ILC, uh, you'll get, you know, a representation, a drawing of the property. And then we go out onto the ground, try to find two or three of the property corners and survey those in. With the ILC, we locate. Uh, what's called major improvements, um, the house, barn, driveway, if we can, like the well. Uh, on ILCs, we don't locate fencing. You know, we could do that if, you know, the client or whoever wants that, we could add that. So the final product is the improvement location certificate which is a drawing of your property and on it, we show the improvements. And the next step up from that is what's called a land survey plot. On a land survey plot, we go out to the property and establish all of the property corners of that property. And the next step up is what's called an improvement survey plot. And with the improvement survey plot, we take the ILC, and the land survey plot and combine it together. With the ILC, we don't guarantee your boundaries. You know, we always recommend, and again, going back to the title company, they could ask, you know, for a particular type of survey. So depending on what they want, we always recommend uh, to do the improvement survey plot. That way your final product will show your property, but out on the ground, it we have established your property corners 
Uh, so you could take your client out there, walk the property and say, you know, here's your property court. So the difference um, with the ILC is that you don't actually, sometimes the corners are not found. That's why you can't really guarantee uh, the property corners or the, the property line, so to speak. But with the improvement survey plat, then you actually find the corners. And sometimes you mark those too. And, and then so you can ensure that you've found uh, the corners and you know where the property lines are. Yeah, that is correct. And on the improvement survey plat, if we can't find your corner, we establish it. And when I say that, we set a monument today. Uh, we set like a half inch rebar with a plastic cap on it. That plastic cap has my registration number on it, which is helpful. Uh, if another surveyor's out there and he sees my cap, he can give me a call and say, you know, uh, found your cap out there. And not only that, but if we have a client call and say, hey, I was out of my property, I found this uh, survey marker out there with this LS number on it, uh, we could uh, help them track down who set that monument. So that's pretty common then, Russ. If you're, um, let's say it's a different survey company they're out and they see your cap on it or you're out and you see someone else that you're, that you're familiar with and you have a discrepancy or a question, you guys can... You talk to each other and communicate and try to come to a resolution, which is best for the client. That is correct. But in surveying, there is no discrepancies. Ah. I, I say that with a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and exactly. But, you know, there is discrepancies out there. And with that information, we do talk to the other surveyor. I like to think, you know, uh, we as surveyors are a pretty close-knit group especially with the surveyors up here in the local area. You know, I work with them, have been working with them. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty good, good way to say, hey, how come you put your pin there? And it, as far as discrepancies, it's uh, just a determination or it somewhat objective or objective, or maybe you're off a few feet or, a, or something like that. Is that kind of what you're referencing with discrepancies or, or interpretation, yeah. so to speak? Yeah. 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 And up here in the hills, it's, it's one thing, you know, if we find a monument up here in the hills and, and you got to keep in mind to get there, we went up and over a couple hill and dales and to find a pin within a couple feet, it's like, yes, we're accepting mm -hmm. it. But <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, man, the topography that you guys have to traverse is, some pretty major stuff. So just, just to be within, you know, a certain distance is, is an achievement, I guess, but, you know. Yes, it is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> so looking at that, those different types of survey, which you described, Russ, um, cost, obviously cost is different with each, uh, the ILC being most exp the most, um, the, the best value, I guess, uh, but not as detailed. So a range, I get, and I know it depends upon the size and the scope of the work, but a range is, uh, it's quite different. So someone would want to certainly have that defined before they move forward with their work. Yeah. You know, for us, what we like to do after when a client calls in, it says, um, you know, I'm looking to have a survey done in this piece of property. We always ask what kind. They say, well, I don't know. So mm -hmm. what we do is once we have, uh, you know, their property, we go through our records to see if we have any information on it. Try to put together an estimate, you know, based on that. 
but the estimate does depend on, you know, how many corners to the property, you know, how big the property is, the, the terrain. So there's a lot of factors that, that go uh, into it. You know, ILCs today, they're starting around six, $700. You know, that's like a platted uh, lot in a local subdivision here. Some of the improvement survey plats, you know, shoot, we've been up like, you know, $12,000. So there's quite a bit of range there. Yeah, for sure. I, I could see that, uh, you know, it really is dependent upon what you're looking for and the property and all of that. But the good thing is you guys, well, you know what you're doing and it's uh, it's great to have that resource and and uh, certainly have a high level of confidence in uh in what you guys do. So what is, um, Russ, over the years that uh, you've been uh, doing your work, what are some of the most common things that you see the common problems that somebody purchases a property and maybe they come back to you and it's like, oh gosh, the, you know, the neighbor sheds on the property or, or different things like that. Are there some things that stick out to you as far as those things? You know, it could be the neighbor's shed, the neighbor's driveway. We just have one where it was the neighbor's house. Um, well, actually, oh our house and the neighbor's property. So the biggest thing that you know we find is is what we call encroachments. If it's a newer home, a newer build, you know, there's less likely of an encroachment. You know, if it's an older place, older subdivision, you know, just over the years, people have you know kind of been using the neighbor's property or. We've been using the neighbor's property. So the biggest thing is, is, you know, what we call encroachments. Yeah. And over the years, what sticks out as one of the craziest or most complicated that you've ever seen? (laughs) I would say over the years, the biggest thing is having your house or the neighbor's house on your property. We just had one, oh, shoot, uh, a couple months ago where we went out and did the survey and it was a new build, and sure enough, our house was over on, on the neighbor's property. You know, they could all be fixed. It's just going through county process, changing lot lines. Uh, you know, the types of surveys that I went through are just the basic ones. We could always step into the county, you know, process, and and that's a whole different list of surveys. But Maybe my memory is slipping, but that's the biggest one I, I remember at this time. <laughs> no, I, I hear you there. It's, uh, it's certainly a testament to before you close on your property, at least having a sense for, like you said, walking the property line, knowing where things are. You know, sometimes you can determine prior to closing that maybe the neighbor's shed is on the property. And if so, you can have a conversation, you know, and, and you know, maybe they move it, maybe they don't, you're comfortable with it, what have you. And it also depends upon whether the entity, the lender or whoever's, you know, overseeing the transaction uh, requires something like that to be resolved. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So, so when you lived in the foothills, Russ, which you did for many, many years, what did you like most about living here? And uh, when you're um, living in the foothills? My biggest thing was I could uh, just go home and it was quiet. There was something I loved about the about the quiet. I could, uh, you know, sit out on the deck and uh, listen to the wind blow. <laughs> I well, just enjoyed the, the quiet, you know, not the winds we're getting today, but just to get away, I guess. I like that. I like that high wind. You know, sometimes when it's, of course, 
we've had uh, about two weeks of wind that just seemed to have been nonstop, but the high winds blow. I appreciate that as well. Very quiet and serene. And it seems like when people move and live in the area of us, they certainly just become a part of the nature, so to speak, at, uh, you know, seeing the wildlife and being outside and just enjoying the serenity. So if I came to you, Russ, and I was thinking of purchasing a home in the mountains uh, in the Foothill community, what might be a few things you'd point out to say, hey, may want to consider doing this, or here's a, here's a few things for your due diligence list. Yeah. And again, me being a surveyor, keep us busy, you know, go out and get, get <laughs> yes. a survey. Um, one thing we're, we're seeing more and more these days is after we finish our survey is to have the client or the buyer actually kind of walk the property with us, depending on how big the property is, you know, so figure out what you're buying. Again, when I bought mine, it was my biggest investment. What are you buying? And, you know, the other thing is, what are you looking for? What What do you want? Do, do you want to, you know, have a, a water and sewer? Or do you want to have your own well and septic? There's a lot of things to, to think about. So, you know, my advice is, I would ask you a question, you know, what are you looking for? And, you know, that, that would be some words, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. As far as um, certainly want to get a survey and and understand, but there are some uh, areas that have community water and sewer systems. Most of the properties are well and septic. And then, you know, fire mitigation is is something that's that's a big part of what we do. Your exposure to the sun, do you get good sun? Are you on the north face? What what kind of uh, complications or uh, does that create moving forward uh, each season? So that's certainly um, a good way to start, Russ, for sure. So yeah. just want to say thanks a lot for your time. Go ahead. You bet. And I was just going to say up here in the mountains that Southern exposures is pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And sometimes, yeah. you know, and I've said it before that sometimes, um, well, I do mention to buyers that the best time to see a property is in the throes of a snowstorm. So you can really see, you know, what it's like, you know, <laughs> when the time comes. So, well, thank you very much, Russ. Where do, if people would like to get in touch with you, what's the best place to do that or how how best could they accomplish that? I, I would just say Google American Surveys <laughs> here in the Conifer okay. area. I think <laughs> we have a, have a website. <laughs> All right. That sounds great. I appreciate it, Russ. Well, thanks a lot for sharing such wonderful information. Uh, we really appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. Thank you. To the Foothills a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast. On the podcast, I interview real estate experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents who enjoy the serenity and lifestyle of living in our mountain communities. Tune in each week for a conversation that explores the ins and outs of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home and catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.